0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: High interest rates, high risk. He had paid more money that he had lent and he didn't understand why. What storefront lenders are now offering instead of payday loans to borrowers who need quick cash. And a customized pair of hearing aids can cost thousands of dollars. The cost can
0: be prohibitive for people on really fixed incomes.
1: But are the -the over-the-counter hearing aids the right solution for everyone?
2: From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson, and I'm joined this week by Contact Six's Jenna Sachs and Open Record executive producer Sarah Smith. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi, Brian. We are recording this episode on Thursday, December 1st. And boy, does it feel like December outside. We know there are people in Wisconsin right now who are struggling to make ends meet. And Jenna, you had a report that aired Wednesday night, last night, if you're listening to this the day we publish, about a type of loan being offered at storefront lenders Not payday loans, but something else. It's become common over the last decade. What is an installment loan?
1: Installment loans are actually incredibly common. They've been around for a really long time, but over the last 10 years or so, storefront lenders that used to really emphasize the payday loans have restructured their offerings to really push installment loans instead. So what is an installment loan? It's a loan that you pay back, often with interest, in regularly scheduled payments, which are the installments. It may take weeks, months, or years. Some examples include your auto loan, your mortgage and personal loans, for example. But here's the difference. When an installment loan is not issued by a traditional bank or credit union, it can be like a payday loan in that it's quick cash and the interest rates can be really high. We're talking triple digit interest rates, whereas at a bank, you might get a single digit interest rate. Um, And that's partly because Wisconsin has no state cap on interest rates. Uh, There was some data that came out recently from Pew Research that said installment loans are now the most common type of payday loans. They fall under that umbrella in Wisconsin. And borrowing $500 here will cost you on average $395 over four months. So that's an interest rate of more than $300. Percent And one thing I discovered through my 300% reporting-
2: 300% on an annual basis, right? I mean, it's, it's not more than 300% yes. of the amount after four months, but if you annualize yes. it, that comes out that way, okay.
1: Yes, good point, thank you. Um, now, um, one thing we found out that's confusing for a lot of people, in Wisconsin, people use the term payday loan and installment loan interchangeably often in conversation. They get the two confused, but they're actually not the same thing. A payday loan is a smaller short-term loan. It has a 90-day limit. It's capped at $1,500 or 35% of a customer's income. And installment loans don't have those same restrictions on the term limits or the lending limits. They don't have the same level of state oversight, so they can be risky as well and really expensive to pay back.
0: Okay, so I hear the word risky. I hear no cap on interest rates. I hear things that what I would see as like a negative. So why would someone even pick or choose this kind of loan?
1: So these loans are really for people who think they won't qualify for a loan at a traditional bank or credit union or they know they won't qualify. Maybe they have a bad credit history, or they have zero collateral. Maybe they deal only in cash, or they're an immigrant without a banking relationship. Oftentimes, these are people who live paycheck to paycheck, and maybe they have a sudden financial obligation. Maybe somebody died, and they have to pay for a funeral or a burial, something where you need large sum of money fast and you don't have a rainy day fund to get it and you want to get it quickly without hurdles so this is really fast and easy you can just walk into a store or log onto a website and have it within minutes and people don't always think about the final balance when they're in need right they look at the payment schedule and whether they can make those payments without issue and to give some balance to this we have reported on payday loans in the past and the lenders have told us we lend to people who can't get loans anywhere else. They have nowhere else to turn. We, we lend to them and we charge these high interest rates because we're taking on risk as the lender. So that's the other side of the coin.
2: I know that the term payday loans for, for many people is, is almost kind of like a bad word because around the country, there's been a lot of efforts to crack down on the really high interest rates, particularly because the people who are going to just get an advance on a paycheck for a couple of weeks are often desperate. And therefore, they're also vulnerable to these extremely high interest rates. And then they find themselves locked into... Uh, you know, a system they can't get out of. Um, How is this different from payday loans? Is it just the, the length of the term? Is it just that this is instead of a couple of weeks, this might be a few months? Are there any other differences between payday loans and installment loans?
1: Well, payday loans have, in general, higher interest rates, but they're over a shorter period of time. These loans are for a larger sum of money, maybe a lower interest rate, but over a longer period of time. So that can also be problematic, or some would argue that these rates they're charging are predatory. It's the reason a number of states don't allow payday lending at all, or they've made the restrictions so tight that the payday lenders can't operate. Um, But there's, there's a reason it's being offered by the same lenders, right? Because they do offer them quickly, they offer them to people in need, and that is very similar to payday loans, and there is a need for that kind of lending for people. Who can't get the money elsewhere? Um, but th- there's also some issues with oversight and disclosure. I don't think we know as much about how many of these installment loans are going on because they don't have to be as reported as payday loans. But they are similar. But also, you know, the the specifics are detailed and the specifics are different.
0: In your story that we saw, you introduced us to Michael who did get one of these installment loans so what was his kind of journey through that and what did he experience
1: right so michael got a loan in the spring of 2021 he walked into a check and go store in milwaukee and he was homeless at the time so he was desperate and he was granted seventeen hundred dollars for a hotel room and food. That's what he was going to spend the money on. And he got an APR of 130%, which turns his $1,700 loan into $4,700, meaning this will cost him about $3,000. But he says what he looked at was the monthly payment, which was $206. He said, I can do that. Um, He claims that he did not understand what he was signing up for in terms of the APR. Um, He believes he was taken advantage of because he's a senior and he has a speech impediment. Um, Check and Go disagrees with that. Uh, So what we did is we hooked up Michael with two organizations that I discovered through this story, and I hope to work with them again, Bank on Milwaukee. And the Riverworks Financial Clinic. They are nonprofits that help people with financial issues and they said first well let's let's file a state complaint against Check and Go and so he did with the help of some friends and Check and Go responded basically saying no we don't feel he was taken advantage of because he's actually gotten a loan from us before and he paid it all off. Um, we should say Michael has been on time with every payment on this loan as well. Um, and it's in their notes that he agreed to the APR. Um, so, what we're doing at this point is Michael's going to continue working with the Riverworks Financial Clinic on his financial goals and his well being. But Check and Go did not feel they should waive the remainder of his loan, which they have done for us in the past. So, I know that they do that in some circumstances, but they felt that the evidence was there that he understood the terms.
2: Michael, in, in the story, is very clear that he, he does have a, a, a speech issue that makes it a little harder to understand him. You, you do wonder if if he was confused by this. And, and as a journalist, someone who's confused comes to you, maybe they just don't understand. What I found really compelling here was it wasn't Michael who came to you. It was a private investigator who was trying to help him, an advocate who was helping Michael, who looked at this and said this is wrong and contact six needs to know about this. Did that have some sway over you in terms of uh, whether or not this was a story that was important to to let our viewers know about?
1: Well, it did. We were contacted by a woman named Sheila. She's a private investigator in Oak Creek and she has a relationship with Michael. She helped him with a past issue Um, and he comes into her office for time from time to time and they talk about certain things and he had brought her the terms of this loan and he didn't understand if he had already paid back the $1,700 why he was still making payments. And when she looked at the, the paperwork and saw that high APR, she was taken aback by it. And she brought it to us because I think she had found some reporting we'd done on the past, and she thought maybe we could help with this issue as well. But it does help that he had someone... Um, in his corner who was arguing for him as well. Um, and, And yeah, I think that always helps. I think it's really good that he has people that are helping him with these kinds of decisions. And yeah, I think that bolstered his argument. Are there any efforts by lawmakers in the state to cap interest rates? There have been so many, actually. Um, And actually, it's been bipartisan in the past, um, but lawmakers just can't seem to get this passed. Typically, more Democrats support this than Republicans, but in 2021, there were Republican lawmakers who put forward a bill to cap these triple-digit interest rates at 36%, which is what the rate is in a number of states that cap them. So right now, Wisconsin is among really only a handful of states without payday lending rate caps it has among the fewest safeguards for consumers in the country
2: so for just a moment i'm going to pretend that i am a a lobbyist or a pr person on behalf of check and go or one of these uh installment lenders and they say look these are people who can't get loans at traditional banks it's risky a lot of them are there's high default rates the only way we can make this work and make it profitable and make these loans available to some of these people is if we charge high interest rates. Otherwise, it's a losing proposition. Is that what they said to you? Is that kind of the key argument or or what else do they have to say about this?
1: Well, that's some of what they've said in the past. When I reached out to Check and Go, they told me they couldn't speak about Michael's specific situation. It referred me to its website. Basically, um, there are paragraphs about installment loans online that say, we're an alternative to applying for a credit card or taking out a payday loan. And for some people, these longer terms for these installment loans, the higher loan amounts are better for their situation. Maybe they won't be able to pay back their loan in 90 days, like you would a payday. Maybe they don't have the pay stubs that are needed for those kinds of loans. Um, So they would, I think you summarized it really well, that that's probably the argument they they would make. And they do run credit checks. I did see they ran a credit check for Michael. His actually, his credit score was surprisingly not not that bad. Um, so there was some checking done on him, but obviously a traditional bank would do more.
0: So if I don't have a great credit history or you know, just my, my monies are not really in order, um, what do you say or are there, is there advice for someone who is thinking about taking out an installment loan?
1: Right, you know, it's interesting. I asked Bank On Milwaukee whether they would say, don't get these loans. Right? Would you ever advise someone to not get these loans? And Constance Albert said, I would never tell someone don't because I everybody's got different situations and sometimes you need to get money fast and this might be your only choice. Um, but they would still advise, even if you're in a hurry, to shop around and maybe try a traditional bank or credit union first just to see what they say and if you if it doesn't work for you there go to these storefront lenders go online and compare rates because you might get a better option at one location over another and then they said this is also a good example of why you should start working on that rainy day fund even if it's just five ten dollars a month because there's uh, i think it was the wisconsin bankers association told me four in ten americans can't afford an emergency of four hundred dollars without selling something or getting a loan. So they're saying, you know, in the future, you never know what's going to pop up. If you could start putting away a little money at a time, that would help as
2: well. Speaking of sticker shock and trying to save some money, good news for people who need hearing aids. They are now available over the counter. They hit shelves in October, Um, but... It doesn't necessarily mean an over-the-counter hearing aid is right for you if you are uh, uh, having difficulty hearing. Jenna, what did you learn about over-the-counter hearing aids, uh, and what should somebody know if they're considering that they've walked through, uh, I don't know, CVS or Walmart or somewhere, and they see them on the shelf and they go... Well, that's a lot less expensive than they were going to charge me for those prescription hearing aids. Maybe I should go for it. What, what, what did you learn?
1: I actually found this to be really interesting because there are so many Americans, like 30 million Americans, who suffer from hearing loss. These hearing aids are now available both on store shelves at places like Walgreens and online at places like Walgreens, CVS, Walmart, Hy-Vee, Best Buy. And they range from 200 dollars to $3,000. So I would still argue this isn't necessarily a cheap investment. The one we found at Walgreens was for $800. And the difference with these hearing aids that you buy over the counter is you don't need a prescription and you don't need a hearing exam to buy them. And the goal of this is to basically um, make hearing aids more widely available to a wider range of people, people who don't like going to the doctor or maybe think it's going to be too expensive to go through their insurance even. Um, But we found through our reporting that these really won't be a solution for everyone. We spoke with an audiologist who basically compared them to the reading type glasses you can buy at Walgreens off the rack. They may help some people, that may be all some people need, but not everybody is going to benefit from these specific types of hearing aids and she really recommended getting a hearing test before you even buy off the shelf to find out if you're a candidate if they'll even work for you and a hearing test should be covered in full by your insurance you can get a referral from your primary care doctor so she said maybe it will work for you but find out for sure first by getting that hearing test so
0: you know whether it's cost or insurance or maybe stubbornness or whatever um There's probably a lot of people still out there that could use a hearing aid, but don't. And there's numbers to back that up. So like, you
1: know, do they have a reason as to why people might not go get them? Yes, well, cost is a big reason. Like you mentioned, a lot of people who need hearing aids are seniors on a limited income. So a few thousand dollars is a lot of money. Uh, They may last a lot longer than these over-the-counter hearing aids, but it's expensive. And there's also a stigma. People don't want to admit that they can't hear. They picture these big devices in their ears when actually the ones I noticed when I spoke with people, you can't really even see them.
2: You know, I, I this is this is maybe an aside, but I just wonder if what might have changed that a little bit is the fact that everyone's walking around with, you know, AirPods and other earbuds in. So it looks perfectly normal to walk around with an, a, a piece of something in your ear, whereas maybe at one time it didn't. I don't know if that has any effect, if that's sort of helping erase the stigma, but it just popped in my mind when you said that
1: well those earbuds also have a detrimental effect because more of us are going to need hearing aids in the future because of those those earbuds um i had spoken to some experts who say you know our generation is losing our hearing faster (laughs) but that's a side note but one thing i really thought was interesting about this reporting was that hearing loss is connected with overall health right because it leads to social isolation If you can't hear, people stop communicating with you, maybe they stop inviting you, maybe you sit in the corner at the family reunion and nobody talks to you. And that's a risk factor for depression, dementia, and Alzheimer's. So I I really hope that more people are able to get hearing aids.
2: You just made me think, what what if we find, here's the investigation, Jenna, what if, hearing aid manufacturers are also selling earbuds and it's like vertical integration. They're setting up customers for the, no, I'm sorry. It, <laughs> I, it, just, it just came to mind. It is interesting though, the the, the the crossover between how much we're doing with sort of close range sound and the impact that's having. I'm sure audiologists have real concerns with the music people are blasting in their ears.
1: Yeah. They talked to me about that a bit, but also if you're interested in kind of the tech of it, the tech behind it, Brian, hearing aids are getting really advanced. I mean, they can hook up to your computer. You can alter them on your computer. They can program them to work in your ear. Someone said you could even get Google in your ear. There's all sorts of high tech connected with hearing aids. It's actually pretty cool.
2: You talk about audiologists really want you to get that sort of prescription. They want you to go through the test. They want to craft this for you so that it's just right for you if you have serious hearing loss. If it's mild to moderate, you might benefit from the sort of off the the rack hearing aid. Technologically, what are the differences? I mean, I know that that's sort of the advice. You've got You talked about sort of comparing prescription readers, which are sort of a one size fits all versus, um, you know, getting a prescription eye exam that has glasses fit for you. But technologically, is there a significant difference between the prescription hearing aids and the -the over-the-counter hearing aids?
1: Those who make hearing aids would argue yes. And the audiologist I spoke with, I will say, said she prefers some people uh, get some hearing help, then no hearing help at all. And if this is the only way they can get it, well then, great. Um, But we spoke with a a company that makes customized hearing aids and they were a little critical of these over-the-counter hearing aids saying, well, in many cases, they're simply amplifiers, which means they take the overall volume of the room and raise it, amplify it. And that can be really helpful in some situations like at home or one-in-one conversations or just watching TV but it won't necessarily work in a restaurant, for example, where there's a lot of background noise. And actually hearing loss is kind of complicated. There can be issues with pitch and frequency in addition to volume and prescription hearing aids will specifically address those particular issues and they can be programmed and reprogrammed to adapt as your hearing loss worsens. That's not necessarily the case with all these over-the-counter hearing aids and also Simply, they're not fitted to your ear either, which can be painful after a while if you're wearing something all day that doesn't fit perfectly.
0: Who should I be asking, you know, are these right for me kind of thing? I mean, should that be my audiologist or, you know?
1: Yeah, I think, the, I think you can talk to your, your general doctor, your primary care doctor. They can refer you to get a hearing test. And then I think that audiologist is really your best resource Um, And find out what your your insurance might cover if you get a prescription pair, because you you, you never know. Insurance coverage really varies. Some insurance companies cover everything. Some cover none at all. Most are somewhere in between. But I did speak with a woman who has hearing aids for this report. She bought them 10 years ago. And yes, they were expensive, but she still wears the same pair every day. So it if you can afford it and make that investment, it, it would be worthwhile, but just talk to your primary care doctor. That's a great first step.
2: So, you know, if I'm going to find a common thread here today, do your homework. If you're going to get an installment loan, do your homework before you get an over-the-counter hearing aid and definitely do your homework. If you're going to use an installment loan to buy an over-the-counter hearing aid, right?
1: That you said it so well, Brian.
2: In all seriousness, there's a question here that I think is, is, is one that is maybe you know when we talk about the importance, obviously hearing is important, but what does it say? I, I know I, I've done stories on, we've done a number of stories on a eye doctor, optometrist practicing without a license, somebody who's not an eye doctor. And, and I've talked to actual optometrists who say, there's real danger when someone misses something on an eye exam, your eyes are the windows to your health. How about hearing? How, how, what kind of a connection is there between hearing and your overall health?
1: There's a really big connection actually because sometimes a hearing test can detect the cause of your hearing loss and that might not be what you think. It might be damage to some nerves. It might be a common reason for your hearing but it also might be a tumor or another reason like that. So if if you're someone who doesn't know the reason for your hearing loss you should probably find out. Especially if your hearing loss happens suddenly then you definitely need to get it checked out. Um, but I think that knowing the source of your problem is also important because you just don't want anything to go overlooked. And I also just, again, with with the loneliness that can come with not being able to hear, I don't think that can be um, overemphasized either. I think it, it, that's a, a spiral as well.
2: Sarah, if you don't mind me asking one last question here, because I think this is, you might have said this earlier, but I do wonder when it comes to the over-the-counter hearing aids themselves, How big of a difference is there? Is the $300 one necessarily inferior to the $3,000 one, or do we not necessarily know?
1: I can't say I compared all of them, but I'm sure the higher-end ones, the ones I, I scrolled through online, they offer a lot more features, and you would think they would work a little better, but again, I'm not an audiologist, so I would definitely recommend finding out for sure. But I I, I like these two stories. And the reason Contact 6 reported on them is because they affect issues of people with limited incomes, right? If you have ample resources, you can buy your hearing aids. You don't have to get an installment loan from a storefront lender. You can go to your regular bank. And I I like doing the Contact 6 reporting because I like focusing on these communities um, that have their own unique challenges and and shouldn't be overlooked. Let me just say real quick, a quick Contact 6 shout out, because we just wrapped
0: up November and it was a great month got $32,000 back for viewers saved them got them back you know however you want to say that it's a banner year I'm excited to see what December brings so we have you know 31 more days and I can't wait to see where this ends this year for the viewers
1: yeah I I just think we are so lucky to have our case manager Annette she is doing so much great work behind the scenes following up with everyone who files a complaint. She and I meet every week and we we walk through cases and, and whether we can take them and how we might be able to help. And if we can't help, the resources we can refer people to. And I'm just, I'm really glad we have her on our team. She's making a real difference.
2: That is as good a time as any for us to go off the record. This is the part of the podcast where we get a little more casual and have a little fun by answering a question for which we have not prepared. And here to ask us that question, of course, is executive producer Sarah Smith. What's in store this week, Sarah?
0: Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. This is a fill in the blank. Just one. Um, One of the best parts of being an adult is... Because we always talk about, oh, I got bills to pay and responsibilities mm-hmm. and jobs and kids and families and things.
1: I was going to say, I have an immediate answer. And maybe that says wow. something about me, but it's eating what I want when I want. <laughs> and not having to justify it to anybody.
2: <laughs> that's, also a, that's also a downside of being an adult. Well, it is. Yes. It's
1: both. But if I feel like, you know what, today I'm going to have some ice cream, it's the morning. I'm just gonna do it. You know? Cereal for dinner,
0: you know, which I also am okay with if my family wants to eat
1: cereal for dinner. But I feel right. like when I do it I'm like, you know what? I'm a grown woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously I'm not completely a hog like I'm I'm eating healthy most of the time, but if you know, I like being able to uh to eat what I want without judgment. Without someone saying, Yeah, here have a bowl of carrots after that.
2: See, I have you guys know obviously I have a daughter who is 20 years old and in college, so we have a lot of conversations now that she is an adult about the sort of freedoms she's experiencing, the autonomy she has, but I always think of Spider-Man, when I tell her this, I said because, you know, like, you have great power to make your own decisions, but of course, with great power comes great responsibility, which sort of brings you down, right? Like, you can eat whatever you want, but you're going to pay the price later, or you're going to have to hit the gym, or whatever it is. For me, I know this is going to, you guys are probably going to appreciate this because you have younger ones, particularly you, Jenna, who I don't know if the, any of them still take naps. But for me as an adult, it's the idea that, like, when you're a kid, naps are the worst thing. You hate naps. You don't want anyone to know you take naps. As an adult, you want to take naps and you don't care if you tell people, I'm taking a nap. And it's socially <laughs> acceptable. I love it that is. naps are socially acceptable as a grown up.
1: I have so many relatives that just sit on the couch and fall asleep for 15 minutes. What a blessing. And nobody says a thing about it. They are just yeah. like, yep, that's what you know uncle so and so likes to do. No big deal. That's awesome.
0: I went I you know I thought about this and I think it's more for me I have am now finding that I am in my later years of life that I think the best part is that I really care less and less <laughs> about what people think. Oh absolutely. So I'm absolutely. I'm not going to keep things in my brain if I you know obviously there are some filters few but you know I mean if I feel a way or if I have an idea I am less scared, nervous, whatever, fearful, that people are going to be like, oh, I can't believe she thought that. No, I'm probably just going to say it, you know? So um, because, you know, I don't know. Again, they're well thought out. I just, I, I don't care as much.
1: I don't care. Uh, yeah, <laughs> along those lines, you also find out your your feelings don't get hurt as much, right? Like if you don't get invited to something mm-hmm. or you find out someone said something maybe about you or they didn't like something that you reported or whatever, I find that it doesn't hurt my feelings the way it used to because, you know, you're sure enough in yourself.
2: And you have that's your priorities. A, a I feel
0: like a, my priorities are way, I mean, 24-year-old Sarah and now, you know, 40-something-year-old Sarah. Priorities are completely shifted and I'm good with, like, my top five, you know? You know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. You talk about the,
2: whether you were invited to things. And I was thinking about there was an age at which whether or not you were invited, whether or not you made the cut to a wedding, Um, guest list was just huge like all the things I've done for that person I worked Mm -hmm. side by side with them now I almost hope I don't get invited because it means I've got to buy a gift a Saturday is taken up you know the whole thing I'm I'm grateful I might send him a gift anyway but I Mm -hmm. I like the idea sometimes not being invited is a blessing because that night I'm going to sit home and I'm going to watch Netflix or whatever it might be it's
1: a lot of emotional energy that you just don't care about Mm -hmm. spending Anymore, it's it's fine. I'm I'm good without it.
2: Actually, let me correct myself. I'm going to binge watch Fox 6 News. I just want to, yeah, right. See, um, you know, it would be it would be interesting. What what if we had newscasts that were like episodes, and you could binge a season of the 10 p.m. or something like that? You know, that would be that. Well, yeah, that would that would be an awful lot. But you know what? As an adult, if that's what I want to do, I can do it.
0: You can do it. You can even binge listen to Open Record.
2: You know, I, I, so I have to ask you guys this question before we go. Do you listen to Open Record on your own time?
0: I do. If I'm on the episode, I can't. I don't really hate the sound of my voice. <laughs> Which then as I, when I'm talking, I don't hear how horrible it is. But when I'm like, if I walk past Dave's edit bay while he's editing the podcast, I'm like,
2: (laughs) I I always want to know sort of how it would be perceived by someone else listening. And I also want to know how like the cold open edit sounds. That's the stuff at the top where you have the the music and the sound bites. And Dave does such a tremendous job with those. So I want to hear sort of how that sounds. And once it's playing, I'll just keep letting it play. But the problem is if it's a part where I'm talking and someone comes in and they hear me listening to myself, I'm incredibly Ooh, self-conscious. Yeah. Cool, like, You're just cool. listening to yourself. But I want to know – it's more I want to know how it came off. Did it work? Did it not work? Um, so I do. I don't listen to them like again, but I'll often listen to the episode just to make sure it was good. <laughs> listening,
0: listening to yourself while your mic is clipped to your Emmy is just <laughs> – <laughs>
2: The bee's knees. <laughs> We've talked about it before. It's the yes. right height. We've talked about it before. It's the perfect height. And if you've seen an Emmy statuette, it's got this little sort of ball at the top, which is like, what isn't that supposed to be like the atoms or whatever, you know, spinning around? I think that's what yes. this is. And and so it's it's got like perfect things to clip a microphone to. And it's right at my mouth level. So it is perfect, but it is kind of ridiculous to be clipping a microphone to an Emmy. I to just do like a podcast. giving you hard
1: time. Aren't the Emmys this weekend? You might have some they more are. hardware. The Emmys are <laughs> to this weekend. Around you, and
2: and by the way, I'm 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 talking to a microphone clipped to an Emmy as I drink coffee from my 2021 uh, National Murrow Award-winning uh, open record <laughs> coffee mug. So, <laughs> I am talking about listening to myself.
0: <laughs> Ryan is presenting on Saturday. Jenna,
1: did you know that? I heard that. How exciting! I can't yeah. wait. I heard. I heard he might have been a little disappointed that it cuts into the open bar time. Is that the <laughs> uh, already We've already got the logistics figured okay. out. You
2: okay. You know what? You know, I'm, I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I, so there, there's. For those who don't know, when we go to the we go to the Emmys, they they sort of time this out where they have a a free cocktail hour from five to six before dinner starts at six, and then the awards at seven. And so that free cocktail hour is when everyone. And I mean, this is people in the media. Free stuff. We are all over it. Um, And so the lines are, you know, out the door for the for the free drinks and then they cut it off and the drinks go to like eighteen dollars a cocktail. So everybody's trying to, you know, two fist a couple of drinks so you can kind of nurse them throughout the night. And 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 I have to have a presenter's meeting at five fifteen in the grand ballroom. And I thought that's right in the middle of the free cocktail hour. It's not that I need to drink so much as I don't want to spend the money. And I know that makes me sound incredibly cheap. But he, makes,
0: I, he makes journalistic bucks. Yeah, but I, I, I sent
2: a, an email to my wife explaining the plan of, like, so we're going to be in line at 5, we'll get a drink, then I'll go to the thing, and you'll get another one so when I come out there's another one ready for for me to have a dinner. And she said, I can't believe you're planning the alcohol at the Emmys. But, hence, that's what I did. Well, good luck. Thank you, Jenna. Jenna. Um, If you have a topic you would like us to discuss on open record or an issue you think we should investigate for Fox 6 News, please send us an email to fox6investigators at fox.com. As always, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, of course, executive producer Sarah Smith. Thanks, as always, for being here. No problem. And Contact 6's Jenna Sachs. Awesome to have you on the podcast. Love talking about your stories.
1: Oh, I'm always happy to be here.
2: Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. With that, I'm Brian Polson. We'll be back next week.